Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's it's not many times that you could turn around and say that you have a living legend. No matter how humble that they want to be now. No matter how humble that they're saying that they're giving all their glory to God. Which I totally understand. Yeah. But right now... On the sh- on the fighters, right? Dream it, believe it, become it. Come on up. We have the former WBO middleweight and WBC super middleweight champion of the world. And it'd be wrong just to call you Nigel Ben or the Dark Destroyer without me hearing this. Right. Okay. <laughs> right, I'm just saying. I didn't hear it. You didn't hear it? I know, I know Dangerous. I, I, I heard the beat and that's about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just that. When I heard, listen, to, to, to me growing up as a kid, and I'm talking yeah. at that time now, I'm like 13 <laughs> years old. Just to yeah. hear just that. Yeah. And yeah. There, was, there was certain guys that revolutionized boxing as far as I was concerned when it came to hairstyles. Everybody had like the, the Mike Tyson. Don't, yeah. even, don't even talk. Don't even talk. No, about I'm sorry about Golden Knight. You know I mean? had so many. I had so many. No, no, to... no. The standout one was the kind of Mohawk when it went down into the yeah, back, yeah, yeah, into yeah. the V. Yeah, the Nigel yeah, yeah. Ben, right? I'm going to tell you something now. Go on. I saw this. I saw this mixed race guy, right? And he had his hair cut really nice, man. I thought, mate, I like that hair style. But mine didn't turn out like his. I, I was left with what I had. So you know what I mean? So that's how it was. I caught, caught this mixed race guy, good looking guy. He had his good hair shaped really well. And I just followed him. I tried to copy him. Didn't turn out right though. Well, because you know what? It weren't faded, but it worked. I'll tell you why it worked here. Yeah? It worked at that time there because yeah. I remember, I remember coming yeah, to school. See, you, you, see you, got, you, got, you got a fade on yours, you see. Mine Always. didn't have a fade. Yeah, no. <laughs> But it worked because I remember at that time coming into school and like kids at school and I went to I went to a multicultural school, but yeah. white kids, oh I'm getting a I'm getting a Nigel Ben Spence. I'm getting a Nigel yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like, what? And they'll get it proper like the Nigel, yeah, Nigel, Nigel. 
And also, who, who, was it? who else? Who else? Who else? Kind of cut the Nigel Ben, Vinnie Jones. Vinnie Jones. Yeah, Vinnie Jones yeah. had a Nigel Ben as well. Yeah, I know, mate. I know. You've that was the hard. influence that you had, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was funny, man. Like a lot, a lot of people don't realize. Like of the time when you, when you came out, <clears throat> um, John Sims, my old amateur coach um, from the Lynn, he was yeah. saying he remembers the night that you beat Rod Douglas in the ABA final. Yeah, and you ran around the whole of the Wembley Arena um, with with the with with the with a trophy, like how elated you were. You know I mean, how much did that mean to you at that time? And then, how much also did it mean to you that you never got picked for the nineteen eighty four Olympics? Commonwealth, not Olympics. Oh, sorry, Commonwealth Games. My apologies. Eighty six Commonwealth Games. No, do you know what it is? I think you had John Lyons, you had Rod Douglas, you had your your blue eyed boys, you know, and you can't you can't, and that is why I was really not an amateur fighter, because at the end of the day you had people that you know, they had their favourites all all through the amateurs they had their favourites. I was never an amateur man, but I wanted to win the ABAs. Didn't really care about the the Commonwealth. I should have gone for the Commonwealth. Didn't care about the Commonwealth. Didn't care about the Olympics. I wanted to go out there and turn professional. Because I didn't... Not like I, I like to... I don't like following rules. I've done that for a whole of my career in the army. So I like to follow rules. But the biasness, you know, and, and not not to tell you the truth, a lot to do with racism as well, back in the day. But mm. I wasn't going to play none of that. I was not going to play none of that. I... I stood my ground in a lot of things. I stood my ground and I was not going to budge. You know, whoever I was, whoever was my manager, because at the end of the day, I had five different trainers. I had about three or four different managers. I'm the one, I'm the one that called the shots. I'm not being disrespectful to anything, but I know a lot of times we were, we were shortchanged. And it was only when I, I separated from certain people that I started making money. You know, I remember it. Was, I remember it was. It was. It was at that time. The news of the world. Now you see, I could talk to you because you were my childhood, Nigel. So yeah. it, was, it was you, Watson, Eubank. You were like yeah. that generation because the generation before that it was like Hell Graham, um, El Christie, El Christie, Mark Kaler, Tony Simpson, like yeah. those. Right, those are the those are the guys. But it was like when you came about, it was a different rush of energy because you literally, when they called you like the Dark Destroyer, you was like seek and destroy. Like, no, we're gonna have it. I remember you knocking out Ian Chandler in 16, 13 seconds. I think thirteen seconds, 13, yeah, including 13, the count, including, including the count. The count. <laughs> right, first, and, first punch, first punch. Right, and. I remember getting work experience, like, as a kid. I got work experience in in 89. I got work experience. And I remember the guys inside the office at the Boxing Monthly. That's how I got my work experience, right? Oh, and they liked, me, they liked me so much, they gave me a job. They gave me a Saturday job because I was just mad into boxing, right? And there was a guy in there, I'm going to shout him, his name was Robin Jones, and he had the largest boxing collection in Europe on, on VHS <laughs> videos, right? 
So he'd ply me with loads of videotapes. You have to buy them for like a tenner, but he does now you can have them because he's like me. So I had I had I had all of your fights, you know. Like every single one of your fights. I had every single one of your fights. So and you just didn't play. Where did you get that kind of ferociousness from? I think you know what it is, being honest with you, because of what happened to my brother. That kind of changed me. Changed me. I just, I was just angry. Mm. I lost a brother that was very, I was very close. How to. you was nine years <laughs> old? Eight. Eight years old. Nineteen seventy-two. So it kind of changed me. Um, I was just angry, and the only way I can describe it is just like when Simba lost Mufasa. He was walking around in the wilderness. Mm. Until he became an adult. Same with me. I was just walking when I was fighting. I was just, I was, I was still in the wilderness. Even though being, I was still in the wilderness because I never, I never dealt with. You people don't realize that when you have childhood trauma, and it was so funny. I remember I used to see people on TV. Someone had been molested by this guy, that guy, and it happened like you know, twenty five, thirty years ago, and they'd be like, "Oh man, I can't get over it." I just said, from you, you was a little kid and all that. And then I, now I look at myself, mate, I'm in that same position. And now I remember for what they go through, it's like that childhood trauma never left me until I dealt with it. And that was until I was in my, uh, in my 40s that I dealt with it. Wow. wow. Took me a long time. Because I just kind of like, you know, I, I didn't... I didn't, I didn't know how to deal with it. I was just angry. I was just angry. You know, it's just like, you know, it, it's like, I hate, I hate racism. I hate racism. If I've got a black guy around me that don't like white people, he's not around me, mate. Mm. He's, he can't be around my family. I'm not going to have that toxic energy around me. I can't, I can't have that. Any racism around that. And you know why? Because a lot of the people that we grew up with, my dad and all that, were blacks and whites. We all got on good back in the seventies. The the Josh and Keith cricket to go. Come on, England! And they said, "Come on, West Indies!" We had good banter, honest banter. So we grew up with that. Then you know, my, uh, uh, um, sorry, God rest her soul, who used to ask me, white woman, from when I was six weeks old, help my mum. So we grew up with that. We never had no racism around. We grew up more cultural. That's how you grew up. 100%. 100%. And so, so, and most of all the guys around where we live, all the black, we all, we all, we have a white friend, everything. So I grew up that way. So when this kind of hit me, kind of well, hit me hard. Okay. So, so like, on the recommendation of counselors, because like, I know like you recently. Um, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't have counseling. So how did you deal with it, Nigel? Just having that's still counsel though, right? Your relationship yeah. with the most well, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't get no higher than that. I can't get no higher than that. You know, and that's where where I was dealing with it in my past as well, in um Miyoko, Pastor Show and Miguel. Okay. Help me get through it. Help me deal with it. Because I, I it was blocked off. I didn't even know it was blocked off. I didn't even know. That I was angry because of this. And as soon as he came in my life, it all just changed. It just kind of let go. 
and actually forgive the people. And it was hard because all I wanted to go around there and mask up and hurt them. That was the truth, I wanted to mask up. And by that time, it was like, you know, and it wasn't like I could have called on people. It wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been right if I called on somebody. I could have done that a long time ago. But it's not about that. It was about me. I had, if I had to deal with it, I would have to deal with it my way. And for many, many years, and I knew where I knew where he died because I used to go there with him when I was a little boy. I knew mm. where he was, and so I had to, I had to deal with that. And, and and my dad never brought me up that way. My dad never brought me up that way. God bless his soul. My dad never brought me up to to be like that. I mean, they struggled with it. It's also it really hurt my family because mum and dad never talked about it, so it was suppressed inside me. That because I said, Mum, Dad, we're, no, 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 we're not talking about, we're not talking about it. So it was in there, no one for, oh my gosh, 40 years, 40 years, never talked about it. No one ever talked about it. It was only when I, when it, my brother didn't have a, 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 a headstone, so um, I went and bought one, and then me and my mum and dad went down, and, and then my mum and dad just opened up, they just cried, you know, because they look at it. I brought him all the way from Barbados to England, and he dies, gets murdered. So it was really hard for them. You know? Was that, was that like, because it, you were saying like that, you was walking around very angry, right? Because I've got to say, like, um, a dear friend of both of us, Danny Mardell, got Rossi's soul, right? Oh, you know, you know, Danny. Because I know Danny, Danny very, very well. He used to sponsor me when I was boxing, and yeah. and and Danny Mardell would say to me, "I think Danny was like a year above you at school." But he yeah, said, he was. yeah, we used to fight. <laughs> yeah, and and Danny Mardell, and I got a shout. He's 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 um he's um his family, he runs, yeah. yeah, his sons Frankie and 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 yeah. Danny Junior as well, right? Uh, yeah. Run trilogy. They got uh, jewelers down in Hatton Gardens now, and like he was saying, and like, but I traveled the whole world with that man. He he said to me, the thing about Nigel about you, he said Nigel, from a kid, was absolutely fearless. He said when you was in the first year, right? He said when you was in the first year, and they had to go fight a rival school, you were in the first year, you were leading fourth and fifth years out to battle. He said that's the kind of person that you were. You were... Yeah, it's Barking Abbey. The school called Barking Abbey. It's oh, just right. across the road from it. Yeah, oh. Barking Abbey. <laughs> this is this is a national front day, mate. They were like thick. It was like it was like going back to uh, um, Mississippi back in the fifties. Yeah. It was like that. It was like that. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. But the difference is, it wasn't just black guys. It's white guys and black guys going to fight all of the national front. Yeah, mate. We were, we was all together. It was a good school that we went to, blacks and whites. We all united together to go and fight the national front people. Mate, so, but, but it was like, mate, late at night, you know. But I'd go there, me and Colin, Colin Chambers. We'd go into areas that, mate, it, it was like Mississippi. But we wouldn't care. We'd go and hang. We'd go, you ain't changing me, stopping me from going where I wanted to. That, that, was, just, that was just me. I it just didn't. I didn't work on fear, mate. I didn't work on fear. Never. So what got you into boxing? Because I know before, that, like, loads of people don't know that you used to do kickboxing. You was very, very good at it. If you put, if you put Nigel Ben kickboxing in 1976, you I see, see him Big, big, big white man, you know, back in the day. He was a big grown man. He was like, I was only 12. He was like 
26, 27, big man. <laughs> it's done him, mate. It's done him <laughs> back in the back in the day, it was like kind of late night pitches, you know, watching Jackie Chan and the Snake and Eagle, you know, all all fucking, you know, back in the day, proper martial arts films back in the day, all subtitled and everything, you know. But you would I don't even think you was born, mate. You were. I was watching him. I was watching. I was watching kung fu movies. That's, we grew up. I, I don't. I don't. Yeah, the snake and the monkey shadow, the snake and the eagle shadow, all of them, yeah, drunk and master. Come on, man. Yeah, all empty. Yes, that's it. Bang. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I tell you, he's got a massive collection of martial arts um, uh, movies. Lennox Lewis. Oh, is he? Massive collection of them. Massive. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was it. Every, every Friday night, we go late night pictures, mate. And we'll always have... Two pieces of chicken and chips. <laughs> All the time from KFC. I remember that, mate. I remember that. We were the good old days, mate. Good old days. So let's go like, when you turned professional in 1987. Yeah. You were with Burt McCarthy, right? Yeah. Sorry. Oh, I just Don't worry. Hold on. It's coming. Hi, son. Yeah, I, I can't talk. I'm just um, on the phone doing an interview with, with Spence. Spence. Hello, hello. Yeah, you said hello, Con. So right. I'll speak to you soon. Love you, bud. Bye. Yeah. Yeah, I was with Bert McCarthy. And um, yeah, Bert was a good man. Good, honest man. Yeah, lovely. Him. Bert and Leslie McCarthy, two good, lovely people. Lovely people. But it was like Frank Warren. Um, was the one that was really weird. But me and, me and Frank fell out. Mm. Over something very silly. What was the silly was thing that silly. you fell out over, um, Nige? Do you know what? I'll tell you what it was. Yeah, I want to know. I wanted Frank to just come and watch me train. I wanted to show him what you can invest your money. This is what to show you what you invested your money in. And he never turned up, mate. Never turned up. At so that time, you thought. At that time, beginning stage, you were training with Brian Lynch, right? Yeah. And because I remember um, of that time, because I was at school, then 87, I'm at school. And one of my mates, one of my mates said to me, his name was Brian Wilson. And he says to me, oh, Nigel Benz left Frank Warren because he was asking him to come and see him train. He'd never come. And I thought, at the time, I thought, nah, it's got to be deeper than that. Even from a young age, no, now I'm 13. And I said, this is all the rubbish. And now you've confirmed it to me. No, I'll tell you for why. In the army, you, you're disciplined. I was yep. very disciplined. And, and it was like, I want to show you, this is what you've invested your money in. Was it not, was it nothing just it, but... But if you haven't got time to come in, watch me. So that kind of hurt me because I want to show you. Look what you invested your money into. And you never come. So I said, I was meant to fight on uh, Brian McGuiganville at Luton. Okay. And okay. I didn't turn up. And then they, and then they, uh, they um, stopped me from fighting for six months. And then that's when I met Ambrose Mendy. Yeah, that was a kind of... I'm saying like... I believe that Ambrose Mendy was way before his time on certain things that he was doing. Um, and I remember that link up between you two, that, that kind of, it was a, it was a, it was a very hyped synergy with you and Ambrose Mendy. Yeah. 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 But you 
Nigel Ben was everywhere, even when you were standing still. I remember you spinning all the papers. You were you were everywhere. Like he was a proper and, hype man, as far as I'm concerned. He knew Ambrose knew how to sell. He knew that he knew he knew how to do it. But don't forget, you got to understand he was building his own platform as well. He could have been the English version of Don King. Everybody says that. Every everybody he says. Could have been, and you know what? It and he had the tools. He had the tools. He had the tools. You know, he had the tools. And we're, me and him, we're, we're inseparable. Mm. But you know, but yeah, it's it's really hard because it's it's sad the way it ended. You know. That's that's um that's 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 part of that's part of life, but when we look at yeah when we look at at that time it's like the fights that you were having, I remember um when you won the Commonwealth title I think you won it in was it it was early like seventeen months as a pro yeah Abdulamora Sunday yep. And I remember Abdullah because Abdullah boxed Tony Simpson and went Simpson, fights yes. with him. Yeah. Right? Yes. He had a hard yes. fight with Simpson. Yes, I know. Right? And you just brushed this guy. You beat him up like he was looking for a visa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was it. You know what it is? Because it, it's so funny, you know, and then we're gonna we we we'll start understanding that, you know, that I only had one gear in them days. I only had one gear, first gear. I didn't know about no second gear, third gear, fourth gear, fifth gear, or whatever. I just had one gear. And you know for a fact, if you keep racing in first gear, it's going to blow up. Yeah. But that was that's way down the line. That's way down the line. Yeah, but then things change, right? You end up fighting Michael Watson, right? Yeah, yeah. Which, that was a massive fight at the time, you know? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Prisbury Park in a tent, April yeah. 89. And I think, I think, um, I think Ambrose Mendy got sued over the poster because he had you in a Michael Jackson on bad, right? And, <laughs> right. And like, I think Michael Jackson's lawyers contacted you. You had to change it because you, right. Like, you said, like, Michael, who's bad? That was a, that was a poster. And it was like on, on the, from what? Yeah. Yeah, and I think it was like for copyright infringement. But then you used to come out to Conroy Smith, I'm dangerous, right? Dangerous. When we'd hear that beginning, that beginning part of, of that song, the doom, 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 every hair <laughs> on the back of your neck. <laughs> oh, you literally make your mind stand up. Bro, because you knew, you knew what was going on. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you knew, and like yeah. everybody would start. You'd hear it, and you'd be in your front room, but you start skanking in your front room. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell me about right. it. The, the 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 Michael Watson fight. Yeah, I had a school teacher. I'm gonna be real with you. I had a school teacher called Mr. Fox. I don't. I've never seen him since. I, but if you watch this, Mr. Fox, right? Me and him used to gamble at school. Like we put bets on fights. Like. And I was adamant that Michael Watson was going to beat you. Not because... Now, this yeah, yeah, yeah. The reason yeah, yeah. why I thought... Why, I'm going to tell you why. Because Michael Watson was Jamaican. 
Because he was Jamaican. I'm be real. Because Michael Watson was because Michael Watson was Jamaican and one of my yeah. aunts went to church with Michael Watson's mother. Yeah, I did it. I, I said, nah, man, I'll beat up this. We're going to beat up Nigel Ben, right? Right, but you know, it's so funny you saying that. I was just going to, you can get back to the story in a minute. But that is the same reason why I fell up with Lloyd Hunnigan. He was, um, he was back in Anthony Logan, because he's from Jamaica. Yeah. So, and yeah. I found myself, you know, I, I get your point, but you know, you've got some guy that come all the way, and, and I, I pulled him up about it. I pulled him up about it, mm. you know? But you know, anyway, that's that's another that's another session we can have about him. Yeah, come on. But you know what? That's that's that. Yeah, but yeah. On on the on the on the on the great fights of what you had. When well, you... Michael, let's get let's stick with Michael Watson because right, cool. you know it, right. because I think at the end of the day it was the big fight. It was a good fight. It was a guy that knew how he was going to fight. Mm. Michael just Michael had an unbelievable. He had a Marlon Sterling defense. And all I was doing was throwing punches, bang, bang, bang. He wasn't even connecting with Michael. No disrespect, but he never hurt me. Never hurt me whatsoever. I wasn't hurt. The only thing that hurt was my pride. I was was like, I went out of gas. Because it was like, it was like, it was like I was, it was like, like I said, I had one gear and that was it. I come back in round five and I could know my light, my light flashing and say, mate, you're out of fuel. And it's like Brian Lee's got it, got it, Brian Lee's got it, steaming. So I'm looking in the boxing pamphlet, steaming, steaming. I can't find it in here, mate. <laughs> I thought, what? what do you think I've been doing for the last five rounds, you know? And then that, Michael just took me out. And that was it. And all he done was hit me with a jab. That was it. Yep. I was exhausted. Round six. Yeah. yeah. I was exhausted. Nothing left in me. And you know what it is? I give Michael a big hug and all that. You know, respect Michael. He's a, he's a, he was a good-looking guy. Handsome, never flagged out, flagged off anybody. He was just a good man, a good man. But the other person's completely different. Yeah, well, I'm going to get to him because <laughs> you go out to America, right? You have, and you, you do the deal, you and Ambrose made, you do the deal with Bob Arum and yeah. you have three fights and then you end up fighting Doug Dewitt for the WBO Championship of the World. So you're the second man in history to hold that belt. Um, and that was a wicked fight. You know I mean, that was an absolutely fantastic fight. April of 1990. I remember it clearly because the same day my cousin Owen got married to his wife, Wendy, and they're still married today. And Owen's Jamaican and Wendy is from Barbados. And it was one of hey. was like, yeah, yeah. And we was like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a top Nigel Ben supporter now. Right. But, <laughs> and you, the fight with Doug Dewitt, that was such a war because remember he floors you. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then, yeah, but he floored me. But you know what? He hit me right in the chin. Right, we both you watch. We both throw left hooks together at the same yep, time. Yep. His one was a bit but, shorter than yours, and he caught you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when he hit me, he hit me ping pong on target. But when he hit me, it wasn't like in my head. So I, I was all dazed. Dazed. It just hit me right in the chin. Like, I went down, the legs just went, but it did not hurt me whatsoever. And the referee was counting, I was like, yeah, I'm okay, I'm okay. And then the next round come out, and then I give it to him. But Proper. You, got to, you got to understand, Spence, we were fighting with eight-ounce gloves on. Mm. Not 10-ounce, they were eight-ounce gloves. And 
I could feel my knuckles in them. And I mean, I've never hit any man as hard as I've hit Doug Dewey. Never. Nobody comes close. Eight ounce gloves. Eight ounce gloves. I mean, I just, I just hit him. And I knew I was hurting him. I knew my punches were sinking in hard. And at that time, it was just like, I was just throwing everything at him. I didn't care what he'd done. He was too busy trying to roll him, block him. No, it wasn't working. If you're not throwing punches to keep me away, I'm coming for you. That was it. It's like the, the amazing thing is like a few days ago marks the 33rd year of your absolute war with Iran the Blade Barkley. Yeah. A fight. What a fight. Do you know? Yeah, but you know what it is? I'll be honest with you, Spence. I didn't want the, I didn't want the three knockdown rules because I know I would have stopped him. I knew, I just knew I would have stopped. I didn't want the three knockdown rules. I didn't want the, I wanted to get up so I can hit him down again. I wanted to get up so I can knock him down again. I didn't want the three knockdown. I knew I would have beat the granny out of him. I just knew I would have beat him. I didn't want the three knockdown rules. I really didn't because I would have, I would, I would have been on him. I just know, you know, and you know, and you know, you know that it was like my my fitness level and my determination was like 10 times more than what I had for Doug Dewitt. Mm-hmm. Because I know already he sparked Tommy Ernst twice. So I already knew what his capability was. But he was just big, strong and heavy-handed. But but I know for his one punch, I can hit him about five times before he hit me with so one. You were, very, you were very, very quick. You were very fast. Like, there was that, and then we move on to November of 1990 at the Birmingham NEC, you versus Chris Eubank. Yeah. That, people don't, like, the younger kids now, when we talk about Ben Eubank, I don't think they realise how massive that rivalry was. Yeah, it was one of these, I'll tell you what it was, it was like, I didn't just like I didn't get I didn't get on with him. I can't say I just dis, I just disliked him. I can't say like you know I, I wouldn't say I knew I know I knew the strong word of hate. I don't hate anybody, mm-hmm. but I really disliked him. I really disliked. Him. I didn't hate him because I ain't got no reason to hate him. But I just he just rubbed me up the wrong way. It was just like um, he tried to make you know people inferior of, of who he is. He think that he speaks the Queen's language and all that. But you know what? I know he's got one of the most violent mouth going, mate. And I can say that, and he knows. He knows because I even told him, "Why do you, why do you swear so much?" I, I mm. told him this because I know he has some blinds like he's going out of fashion, but yet he wants to speak the Queen's English, you know. But uh, uh, so when I find one thing, I've got to give him. He's the sharpest dresser going, mate. Oh my gosh, he put on a suit and it fit him like a glove. I thought he is nowhere in God's green earth. Philip Schofield, one of the best dressed men. Nobody could touch you, Banks, around at that time. He was always shot. He suit, everything. He was just immaculate. He was immaculate. So, you know, and he, just, just, he, he carried himself well. He carried mm. himself well. Still don't like him, though. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. It is what it is. Like, yeah. after, all of like, like after all of, like, your fabulous career, now you've got your son who's, who's, who's boxing now. I'm going to keep this one really short. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
because we just had Connor just jump on to say hello to you. And it was like, do you think like your son got the backlash from the board of control because of when the time when you ripped up your license? Um, with I get that Spence I don't know and I've been thinking about it right it, it's like why they so hard on Colin they, they've appealed it um, and I know he get off again by the grace of God there go I I believe that he will get off um, but yet the other things like you know you watch Amir Khan fight Kel Brook yet they come back a, a year later in saying, oh, oh, we test him. Like, yeah. I what? A year later? But yet you was on Connor. You was on Connor straight away. I think, oh, my gosh. And you know what? And, and it, it's so funny. We can go down that road. But you know what it is? Connor spent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds to clear his name. A guilty man don't do that. Mm. A guilty man don't do that. If you Put it this way. If he was my son... And I thought he was, he was guilty. I said, son, hey, mate, you deal with this on your own. You ain't coming to ruin my name. You ain't ruining my name. I work hard to get my name where it is. But I know my son. If I look at myself now, I still know me. Nearly 16 January. I train twice a day. Every day. And like, when I look at my fitness level, me at my peak, I'm here. Connor already is up here. His fitness level is completely different. He don't need no testosterone. He's got that in him already, naturally. He's just he's just an absolute animal when it comes to training, breaking records here with his fitness level. I love watching him train. I know my son. I know my son. Nigel Ben? Yeah. It's been an absolute plum pleasing pleasure to speak to the living legend that is Nigel Ben. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.